Travis, uh, Travis from Fieldcraft, and uh, we we talk about his work with with Fieldcraft, uh, his build uh, they just did on a with a new Tundra, and uh, you know outside of uh, outside of both of those and what he does and um, a little bit of history, uh, he's an interesting guy and I'm glad to have him on here because it was a good it was a good little chat. Um, excited to have you guys listen so without further ado here it is uh travis and i let's just let's just try it fuck it all right we'll start it over if we have to okay (laughs) all right i'm here with travis (laughs) from fieldcraft uh and i think uh i think most people know you by your tundra now, huh? I mean, you know, besides fieldcraft, I guess uh, yeah, it's either the tundra or uh, the forerunner days. A lot of people don't. I don't know. We'll see how the tundra do, does compared to the forerunner. Yeah, yeah. Do uh, so. How long have you been in the game? If you had a forerunner beforehand, mm, what game are we talking about? Having. Off-road vehicle? Just like off-road vehicle, yeah. I don't uh, want to support Overland because that's a fairly new term. Well, yeah, we won't go into that. But uh, <laughs> no, I've had I've had my fair share. I mean, I grew up racing motocross and always been a fan of the outdoors and um, had a few trucks, did the whole lifted thing. And then I went into the pre-runner side. And then um, I don't know, there's something about actually what really sold me on. I'm not going to lie is the um, X Overland videos. I really never thought Toyota 4Runners were never looked at in that aspect because uh, yeah. I never really saw many off road. So then I was, uh, I was like, oh, wow, they're pretty capable. So I went and <laughs> sold my Tahoe and bought one and um, haven't turned back since. Had it for had it for two and a half years and 80,000 miles on it, 70 something thousand miles on it. Oh, that's a good amount in a couple of years. Yeah, I drive pretty far for work. Yeah. So So uh <clears throat> before we get into fieldcraft, I think a lot of people I mean we've talked about this beforehand, but a lot of people don't understand your lifestyle or what you'd even do. I didn't know uh either and you know, it seems like you don't you don't do anything uh, terrible there. <laughs> no, I don't. No, it was, there was a running joke going around that people thought I worked for the cartel and stuff because they see me bounce between legalized states. I'll just say that. But uh, that's not what I do. Um, yeah. I used to um, provide protection for ultra high net worth people. Um, and now uh, I oversee... I guess the easiest way is oversee estates, properties, and projects for clients. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, um, then military background then, or, um, how did you get into that? Like, I guess that, (laughs) that field of work. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was in the military for a little while. Um, I, um, was with a, a small unit that, um, I guess you would call a lot of people call it a dog and pony show and it is, but it's an infantry unit. So you have to be an infantryman. Um, but you get selected based off your height, kind of what you look like, uh, your PT score, um, which your physical fitness and then your marksmanship. Um, and you go to a unit called the old guard and the old guards, the oldest active infantry regiment in the U S army. Um, and so basically what that is, is they, uh, provide escort to uh, POTUS and four national dignitaries in the national cap- capital region. And then also a lot of people know of Arlington National Cemetery. So that's pretty much where we are stationed and we provide services for fallen members, um, uh, both in our current conflicts and previous. And then um, a lot of people know the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So that's also the unit that I was with is they did that. I wasn't one of those. It's a very 
hard job to get, but, um, yeah, so I was, I did that. I, um, I didn't deploy, um, you know, everyone wants to, when they go in the military, but my path took a different route, grateful for it. Um, I learned a lot from it. So that brought me into, I got out of the military and went into finance and marketing, uh, did marketing for a high-end automotive shop for a while, uh, some clothing brands and, um, some nightclubs. And then, uh, I got a call one day I was in the reserves and I got a call from one of my, uh, NCOs and he reached out and said, Hey, I got an opportunity based off your experience. Do you want to come work in the private sector and working for, um, people who need protection? I said, sure. Why not? So yeah, jumped in it and five years going, yeah, going on six years later, I'm still in, in some asset. I provide protection for my client, depending on where they're at. But, um, for the most part, I'm just overseeing their investments and properties and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then as cool as it sounds. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool because it's, it's different, <laughs> you know, it's not the usual, uh, I guess job title, but, um, but you, so how did that, uh, connect you with Fieldcraft, or how did the, the relationship there start? And I'm guessing you're, well, you, uh, from what we've been dealing with, like making deals happen and, you know, connections, uh, and whatnot. So how, how did that happen? So I used to be, um, I used to just be a, a fan really uh talked with mike here and there helped with some marketing things way back when it's been probably almost five years now um and just uh just wanted to be involved i really believe in what uh he and the guys are doing and their their mission statement and what they do for the community and um you know better preparing everyone and so i just kept taking on tasks that um i wanted to uh, show uh, value in and um over the years, it's kind of grown and grown and to the point where now, um, yeah, I handle all their business development, all their strategic partners. So any people that Fieldcraft is associated with, it usually starts with conversation with me and learning of the company and setting up contracts and obligations and yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, they, they're, you know, in the short period that uh, I've uh, watched them, they've you know, they're just doing really cool stuff. I think the, out of all the things that I've seen so far, the rigid video was super fun. (laughs) Um, I mean, it looked fun to shoot and it looked fun to be there and all that stuff. So yeah, they're doing doing some fun stuff. Fieldcraft is growing really fast. And, um, Mike is just, uh, in the easiest words, a true leader and, um, just wants everyone to be safe, I guess. Yeah. Totally. Um, so we're on Instagram live, but we're going to cut this thing and then continue our, yeah. So the whole reason why we're live right now is to boost a little hype on the uh, podcast here. And then, um, Oh, someone was asking if it was a podcast session. Yes, it is a podcast session. And uh, so we'll have to leave it for y'all to listen to in a in a week or two here when I am not lazy and I'll edit it. Yeah. So, all right. And bye. I'm going to leave it on the 24-hour thingy. Yeah. Um, cool. So, refresher. What we were just talking about? Fieldcraft. Okay. So, um, so Fieldcraft is doing great, and obviously, you know, they're doing what they're doing. But is there anything that you can hint to that, like, maybe is in the future, or you know, anything that might be that you might that you might be excited about, or or whatnot? Yeah, I guess I guess the best way to follow into that is is kind of for your followers who don't know who Fieldcraft is, is just a quick little summary of what what Fieldcraft does and who they are and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So Fieldcraft uh, was started by a man named Mike Glover. Uh, Mike was in special operations for quite some time. Uh, did some stuff in some other agency uh, later, and uh, has always had a um, 
a great way of teaching people. So he wanted to bring what he learned in all the austere environments and through all of his military training, um, wanted to bring that to uh, the civilian side. And also, you know, we still train military and still train a lot of law enforcement and SWAT teams and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he wanted to provide people the ability to, um, I guess the right term would, it is the, the term, like, um, survive survive just sounds like a scary thing um have the abilities to react appropriately to certain situations i guess would be the best way to put it yeah Um, or or preparation or whatever even prep people like when people see preparation or prepper they they like think we're building a bunker yeah yeah yeah. uh, (laughs) a turret underneath and i'm not going to say that's true or not but um no, basically we teach medical skills, uh, we have active duty special operations guys and pararescue men that teach medical courses. We have uh, weapons manipulation course, a pistol and carbine, long range precision, that kind of stuff. Um, but our yeah. primary focus with the off-road market um, and the off-road environment is um, uh, a heavy push in preparation, meaning uh, terrain association, land navigation, water procurement, bushcraft skills and stuff like that. It's, it's essentially prepping you for what could happen. Um, and then also medical skills. I think a lot of people get wrapped up in buying the coolest of cool stuff and then they really don't know how to use it. And that's a, you know, that's a heavy thing in the medical market, they see the next cool thing, but guess what? You throw a tourniquet at them and they don't know how to use it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's where we're coming in is, is, you know, we're not teaching people how to off-road. We're teaching people how to uh, sustain themselves in the worst case scenario. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's where a lot of stuff falls to the wayside uh, or, or a lot of, you know, that realm like um, like what happens? What happens if you're stuck out there and for longer than you might expect it, you know, so um, well, bringing well, the right amount of water and, you know, the simple things. Well, absolutely. So, I think I think we as a society. Um, have have everything at at the palm of our hands so we become extremely complacent and in a society that's as safe as the one that we are in no matter who you talk to we live in a safe society it's not like we're living 100 years in a past where um you know you can get away with a lot of stuff but um it's it's something where people uh they look at the 98 percent of the chance that nothing's going to happen but they fail to look at the two and just because it hasn't happened, it may never happen, but that's still a percentage in your life. It's just the same as, you know, it's such an extreme example, but for instance, cancer, you have a, g- a gene that has, has the ability to form it's some type of cancer. You have a 10% chance of getting it in your life. Does that mean you're not going to go get scanned for the rest of your life? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just having that mentality of, yes, we understand that uh, the likelihood of a certain event may not happen. Uh, but the truth is in the days we live in, you know, it's not, I'm not just talking man-made, you know, active shooter type stuff. Um, I'm talking natural disasters and stuff, you know, like water is a huge thing. Gas is a huge thing. When you have a, a, a natural disaster coming your way, why are you waiting till the last day to go get gas? Why are you waiting till yeah. the last day to flood the market? You know, that just, you don't want to be in those environments. You want to be separated uh, from that because that's usually when chaos starts to arise. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that uh, education is such a great, you know, point to, I guess, not just like uh, preparation or, you know, whatever off road, just in general. I think a lot of people don't want to do the research or um, legwork, you know, so it's like. Um, things like this where it's like a workshop or class or, you know, whatever, it's like, uh, it's a little bit easier to digest and, and definitely tons of information to, to grab from. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's the focus that we're going into with 2019 is, is really prepping, you know, certain classes, free seminars at our headquarters in Prescott, Arizona. Um, you know, we train up and down the West coast. We're now pushing to the East coast. We have an expo every year for, our members and sometimes public on a day to come out and learn with our guys. And, uh, we just have, we have a, an immense team of veterans. It's a veteran ran company. Uh, Mike being the CEO, the vice president being George worked in, um, worked with Mike, uh, overseas in a special operations capacity. He was, he's a, 
he is a psyops guy and he was actually one of uh you know a handful meaning on one hand of uh guys that jumped in uh during the invasion so he's he's done some serious stuff he's a big old teddy bear and then we have uh got addison former marine he does all of our shop work and stuff and steve and there's just a line of just solid dudes over there that are really doing uh, giving their time up to better, not just themselves, but the community that they're in. Yeah, totally. It's awesome. I think uh, I think the community aspect is a, another great thing. Another thing that I, I would like to do more of and try to involve my stuff with. But um, have you ever read have you ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Junger? I haven't. OK, so on a side note, uh, you should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically the premise of that book is exactly, is kind of what you're saying with community, right? So we, as a society, uh, throughout the, you know, history of, of us living, uh, yeah. you know, we're very tribal in mentality. It's in our genetics. It's in, you know, that's how we look at things. We, we, it's the same thing in today's world, you know, with politics, everyone's very tribal. They have their side, they rely on their side. And then the other ones, unfortunately in these days is the enemy. But the truth is we, it's in it's in our genetics to have a small core, close knit group of people that we rely on to help better each other's lives, and that means you know um, everyone having a task and, and duty to benefit and help uh, give to the, the to our tribe uh, to you know excel each other in the world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how, how, what, what can be more positive than that? You know, yes. um, instead of everyone trying to battle each other, it seems like it's so cutthroat, especially with work stuff and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we could, uh, I mean, could easily work together and do something, do something good, yeah. uh, in many aspects, not just work or, I mean, it, it could, apl- you can apply that to anything. Anything. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, uh, Fieldcraft also has podcasts. I mean, obviously Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And then I, they, you guys have like a, a membership, right? Like a, um, is that that's right? Like a, yeah, it's a membership. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, and that's, and and ironically, it's it's called the tribe. So uh, yeah, yeah. Fieldcraft has a very successful podcast. We're in the top five uh of itunes we got up to the number two slot for some time uh we have a few million subscribers um and uh, it's a blast we're getting some very uh awesome people coming up i think ryan bader he's a ufc fighter he's going to be coming up or mma fighter um and a few other fighters coming up but we we really pull from all the different markets so we pull from people within the fitness industry from the survival industry the off-road industry what have you um and then we yeah, we have Instagram. Uh, we have a few Instagrams. It gets kind of confusing, but we're trying yeah. to, we're working on that. It's, we have field, at Fieldcraft Survival, at Fieldcraft Mobility, which is the off-road side, and at Fieldcraft Survival Fit, and that's for the fitness uh, side. And then Facebook. Um, and then we also, uh, Mike does a lot of contributions to a lot of magazines. So whether that be skill set, uh, he's starting to write an Overland Journal, uh, Outdoor yeah. Magazine, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's like a excellent speaker and writer. <laughs> he's too good. Yeah, he's too good. uh he can he can tell me giving me the worst nudes news and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has that uh that that factor of uh he just gives like the way he talks is just very positive and straightforward and to the point, you know. Yeah, and he relays the information right and um yeah, the tribe is 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 a paid membership. Um, they pay yearly, um, and basically they get access to all of our pro deals. So that's the one thing that we are very uh, uh, keen on is whenever we make uh, partners with it or become partners with anyone or sponsors or anything like that. The, one of the very top bullet points is that we have the ability to provide the pro deal to our uh, tribe members. So, you know, okay. as you, as you know, I'm not going to give the long list, but it is a, it's a, it's a long list of some very reputable companies. Um, yeah. some very good deals beyond just a little discount code. And uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. And you also get access to the uh, expo. Um, and then you also uh, get access to all the courses that we show or that we have. 
Um, so it, it, in the end it pays off. I think it's like, it's in, it's like just over 300 bucks for the year. Yeah. Um, but if you look at it, uh, you know, one course with one instructor is it costs that for one day, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you have access to all these courses. You have access to an expo of a bunch of free courses, public speakers, sponsors and vendors and all that. Um, and it's just, it's a good time. And, and you also have access to a private page, uh, that private page, you know, keeps everyone in, t- in touch with what's going on with Fieldcraft. We keep everyone as up to date uh, as we know it. And, um, that way we're all on the same page. We all uh, know what's happening next and, and can provide our, uh, whatever input we have to help better the situation. We do so. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just, uh, it's great to, to be able to offer some of those things that, you know, not the average Joe could possibly get, you know, and, uh, and it's just like, it's, it's that community thing, bringing it together, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's what, at the end of the day, we aren't anything without, uh, you know, our followers and our, our subscribers and our members and anything like that. So the least we can do is, is, you know, when we work with a company and we represent another company and partner with them, the least we could do is is give them a piece of the pie. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a large enough pie to share it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so moving into maybe uh, the story, like what, what comes to mind, like... Cause there's, I, I ask this usually every, every time I think, uh, like one of your, one of the first, like maybe trips or stories like that comes to mind, like right away that you would, uh, you'd be able to share. Well, I was just driving up to Washington and they ran into some random dudes up in uh, Bishop. The one was just redheaded. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that was a good trip. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I was, um, trip that really honestly comes first to mind is, is, uh, Fieldcraft just set out on a mini, I guess I, I shouldn't call it a docu series, but uh, a mini trip that we went down to cover um, uh, issues at the Arizona Mexico border. You know, it's a hot That's topic right. right now. And yeah. we, we, you know, the media tends to, I know people are going to disagree to this. That's fine. Uh, but the media tends to skew a lot of things uh, to uh, rile up their side. So what we wanted to do is go down and get an unadulterated, um, is that the right word? I don't even know, um, but I'm going to really like un- un- unfiltered, unfiltered, uh, unfiltered. Yeah. But I think unfiltered. that was the right word. Uh, unfiltered yeah. um, experience of what's really happening down there. So we linked up with, um, it was myself, Mike Glover, Mike Hernandez, who handles most of our mobility side in terms of the social media and stuff like that. Um, Mason, uh, he's gun foo fighter on Instagram. He's a, a SWAT guy in, in Arizona. I won't say where, but um, he um, is a big uh, individual in the uh, tactical law enforcement side. He does a lot for uh, the Thin Blue Line. And um, then we had um, Mike's significant other. Uh, she actually owns a, a really awesome tea company. Uh, named Remy T. And then uh, who else do we have? Oh, and George, George, the, the VP, he, uh, he was there down there. So we went down to link up with a guy who in some eyes is very controversial uh, until you get to know him. Uh, you know, his name is Tim Foley. Um, to this date, I still think his podcast was one of the highest listened to podcasts we've ever had. Um, so what Tim Foley has done is he's created a 501c3, a nonprofit for veterans to go down there and essentially patrol the border. They aren't detaining anyone they're not doing anything like that but they're there to report incidents to border patrol because the border patrol is so uh thin right now um it's increasing yeah it's increasing now uh but the attacks on border patrol is rampant um and so we went over three years of footage uh mind you three years of trail camps and everything like that and uh it was frightening man uh we had um we saw one woman that's it uh, she was carrying a, a bundle of cocaine. Um, these uh, mules are not, you know, what everyone says, oh, they go in the dark night and they don't do it that often. No, they do it multiple times a day in broad daylight, 15, 16 men uh, wearing carpet shoes, which means like they, it's actually a business down in Mexico. You can go buy these. Uh, it's a little mm-hmm. slip over that goes over your shoe and it's carpet. So there's no real tracks unless you know what you're looking for. Oh, man. And then we saw uh, it, it, what was the most frightening thing is um, 
we saw an armed escort of a what appeared to be a Syrian individual, a Middle Eastern dude, uh, but it actually came back as he was a Syrian. Um, and he was ar- was uh, being escorted by a handful of armed individuals. And it's not like they're rock- walking around with like, you know, old school guns. I mean, they had Chinese SKSs, which is an equivalent to an AK-47. They also had AK-47s. They had AR-15s with variable optics. So, you know, they, they were, they were, they can uh, magnify um, yeah. and 90 round mags. Um, so they escorted this guy right across. There is no, there is a fence, but it's four feet high. You can push it right over. Yeah, it's like um, a cattle fence. It's a cattle fence. And uh, what was actually the most eye opening experience was uh, Tim was able to geotag every cartel lookout point. Um, and at least in, in a 200 plus mile radius. And then also did uh, geotag locations of humanitarian water and food drops. So you get these people, mind you, this is in Tucson. This isn't like a little town in the middle of nowhere. This is in Tucson. Yeah. So wow. we, um, uh, what was ironic though, is so these people travel from all over the world and, and in the U S and, you know, I'm, I'm not giving them crap. You know, I, I understand what they're doing. They want to help people, but the, the truth is they don't want to see the truth. Um, and the only people that are, well, if you look at the geolocations of the humanitarian drops and the cartel lookout points where like the guys sit up on a mountaintop and they kind of escort people through, uh, they're at the base of every cartel point. So they're not, oh, they're wow. not dropping water. And this is going to all going to be in our little series we're going to be launching, but, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, it's opening. They're literally providing water and food to the cartel to stay out there longer. And it's, it's just, it's wild. And I mean, just, a. Uh, a week or two prior, uh, uh, one of their guys, they do carry uh, AR-15s, but they're, they're as basic as basic can get. You can't have any uh, red dots. You can't have any um, uh, variable optics or anything like that. It has to be bare bones, iron sights. Um, yeah. And they do that for their own pr- protection. You're allowed to in the great state of Arizona. And so uh, they came up on a guy with a Chinese SKS and he drew on them. They drew on him and they told him to put the gun down and he just dropped it and ran. And it, it was, um, what was crazy is that he was essentially just a guy to go see how far he can get along a new path. And that's when they wow. stumbled upon him. And then just a, a few weeks prior, uh, a border patrol, border patrol agent, uh, was shot multiple times and had his head bashed in, sorry to get graphic with a rock. Um, oh and he survived. He was a Bortac guy, which he, he was actually the medic. So he, uh, took care of himself and survived the incident, but it's stuff like that. You really don't, uh, hear about much on the mainstream media because it's just not something that goes along with the agenda. And what's even crazier is that they will report this to the border patrol and the line guys, lo- line guys are totally about it. They, they want this information because it helps them do their job. But the higher ups, the higher ups don't want anything to do with it. They won't document it because then it messes with their numbers and it messes with their bonuses. It's wild. Oh my God. It's absolutely yeah. wild. And then you have, <laughs> then you have the, uh, uh, Indian reservation, uh, right next to, uh, Tucson. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but of all the, races, nationality, whatever you want to call it in the U S uh, native Americans do not, uh, their missing persons doesn't get documented. So they have a strong spike in young boys, young girls getting pushed into human trafficking, um, uh, in that region as well. So it's just, it's just nasty down there. And, and people either a are too afraid to view, look at what's really happening. Um, or two just don't want to, because it doesn't fit what their message is. Yeah. And I guess things like uh, what you guys are doing are are exposing that truth. And I guess well, we forcing hope. I mean, people to watch it. You know, I mean, it's like maybe they won't watch it, but if someone does watch it, maybe it, maybe it will change some minds or, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we're not here. I mean, Fieldcraft doesn't get political. I used to. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is we we just want people to see the truth. We love this country. Uh, we're not a bunch of cowboys out doing some crazy stuff. We're literally down there to see what the issues are, how we can help bring uh, a voice to that. And also just yeah. bring it to light in a non-controversial aspect. You know, we didn't, it is literally, we're sitting in a room filming the filming films or filming videos, uh, recordings of what's happening down there. If people want to accept it, that's fine. We got, you know, a lot of people 
weren't happy about it and everyone that's fine you know a lot of people yeah. don't like the truth but it is what it is and that's that's what's what's happening i'm not saying it's happening everywhere there are a lot of people that are struggling that want to have a better life um but you know at the same point there are also a lot of bad people uh utilizing our our open border yeah i think uh i think it just it's it's hard to please everyone and you're gonna always have that uh that negative feedback but I mean, if you're just putting out, you know, truth, I mean, there's nothing, what else can you do? Like, you can't say, can't say it's not true if it's, you know, yeah, these days a lie can be the truth to certain people, unfortunately, but the good side is yeah. whenever we do these trips, we then turn around and do something for a community. You know, we give back in our own way. We, we have, we work for a lot of foundation lads for Liberty being one of them. Um, and a few other uh, veteran foundations we raise money throughout the year for. And the foundation we uh, are the, the group that we helped with um, at the end of that trip was the toys for tots event with the right. overland. Yeah. And so yeah. we, uh, it was pretty, it was a whirlwind end of a trip. Uh, but within 12 hours, we raised, you know, over $4,000 and uh, bought $4,000 for the toys in Arizona, drove it to uh, Irvine, or it was in Anaheim, in Anaheim, and uh, that was the end of our trip. We unloaded all the toys, got to spend time with you and the OC Overland guys and all of our friends within the the industry make new ones too, and uh, yeah. that's, that's our goal. So like one of our next things is we're looking at Chicago. It's, you know, people will be like, oh, it's not off-roading in Chicago. We understand that. We're still, you know, driving our rigs <laughs> out there. Um, yeah. and basically we want to get, uh, uh, the truth of what's really happening there, document it, um, and, uh, then do something for the community, whether that be a toy drive or a clothing drive, food drive, what have you. Uh, that's our goal is to do these trips once, twice a year and go on from there. Um, actually real quick, I forgot about something about this, this, this Mexico trip. So the night after we saw all this footage, we went to go find a camp spot. And Mike, Mike doesn't get uneasy. He's, he's, he's a very realistic guy and he looks at his environment. He adjusts to how he needs to and what have you. But he was, it was like, this is a little sketchy out here, but we were, uh, we were about to drop into this wash to take this trail into this back area uh, of Arizona, uh, Southern Arizona. And this old truck, Mike got down there and his forerunner, uh, and this old truck kept following us around. So he went lights off down into the wash. Uh, and then we waited until no traffic was around uh, to dive in after him. But this truck circled back and went up to Mike Hernandez and our guy Mason in, the, in a Jeep JK. And this is an old beat up truck. He's throwing gang signs. So a super sketchy guy. Uh, sure. Then he peeled out, drove up to me, slammed on his brakes, did the same thing. And then he went up to go turn around. I was like, Hey Mike lights out. Let's drop into the wash. We dropped into the wash, hightailed it to the campsite. And then for like a good 45 minutes, an hour after we got to the campsite, we, we set up red lights cause it doesn't, it's not as visible at distance, um, as white lights. And, uh, we heard him circling us for yeah, 45 minutes, an hour, just circling, circling, circling. Now I don't know what his intentions are. I'm not going to assume, but it, he wasn't, you could tell he wasn't a good dude. So, it was an yeah. interesting night to say the least. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, uh, I, I've heard a, a couple of crazy stories about people rolling up to campsites with lights out and all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm like, who does <laughs> yeah, that? We I mean, I, he, we were on, you know? I think, Havasu Pie uh, Reservation. Uh, I wasn't on this okay. trip, but our guys were. It was Mike Glover, Mike Hernandez, and Mason. And they were just camping. They, this was at the end of one of our courses and they were just hanging out, you know, bullshitting around the fire. And these dudes roll up on ATVs and they were, they were natives and they were not happy. Uh, they were cussing everyone out, being super aggressive and stuff like that. So Mason, uh, uh, now mind you, all of us have, um, means of seeing at night, I guess you could say. So, uh, yeah. Mason, uh, bounced out and rolled up on him with night vision <laughs> and <laughs> night vision down, like 
Uh, and the dude was like, still one of the guys was just going off and his buddy was like, Hey dude, you know, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he goes, what, what, what do you, why are you telling me shut up? These guys shouldn't be on our land, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know what happens when guys roll up with night vision? And so at that point, guys got back on their ATVs and bounced out. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've had some, we've had some interesting, uh, experiences with, uh, with sketchy people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a it's, uh, on the last trip I was just on, um, Drew Martin, uh, we met up with him and he had, he had a crazy story about, uh, Baja as well. And I was just like, I just, uh, it's just really uneasy to hear them because hear these stories. Cause it's like, well, what if something like actually happened? So like, I guess, this is about what you guys, what you guys are doing. It's like, what, like, if you're not prepared, then what you're just gonna, you're gonna be taken advantage of, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Know? And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's one of this, it, it's, you know, another thing going back to our genetics, we have this fight or flight mentality and understanding what situation is meant for which, you know, understanding what yeah. situation determines a fight and what situation determines a flight. And all, you know, and there's a middle ground to it. Um, and so, well, we, you know, in a lot of areas, especially going down to Mexico, you can't, you can't carry a firearm with you. Um, yeah, so what are you right. going to do? And in certain times you can't carry knives depending on who you go through and who runs into you. A lot of these guys yeah. get paid off and as you know, Mexico, you know, Mexico is a beautiful place, but it also is a very corrupt and dangerous place. One of the guys uh, that escorted that middle Eastern across had a federale badge on his belt. And yeah. So I that remember seeing that in the video. Yeah, it's two. That means two things. Either a, he's a corrupt federale, or two, he's what they call a sicario, and basically a badge of honor. When you kill a cop, is you take their badge. So oh, yeah. uh, it's you know it, it's just not it's not. There's amazing people down there, but there's some there's just some really bad people in charge, and yeah. uh, it's just yeah, it, it can it can easily happen, and it can happen here in the U.S. You know that's the truth. The U.S. is oh yeah is you know you go into inner cities and most of the um, uh, heavy populated areas and it's not it's not the safest thing you can get taken advantage of and a lot of people you know especially walking down the street they're buried in their phones they're not looking at where they're at the people around them um and that's that's a problem a lot of people go into an apart you know they move into an apartment complex right and mm. they don't even know where the exits are they don't understand yeah, they don't yeah. even know what the fire protocol is or earthquake or what have you, you know, it's such, it's such minute things that it's super common sense if you think about it, but we're just so busy in our hectic own lives uh, and rely on other people and technology to have the answers for us uh, that we just tend to get lazy and not want to do it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Fair, fair point. I mean, I definitely, and more aware as I got older versus before, you know. Um, but I think uh, it's definitely something to think about. I, I, uh, it's it, yeah. When I think about those stories or hear those stories, I'm just like, well, it's like I, at least I have some kind of protection with me. At you know, in what in in whatever legal way I can, you know? Um, yeah. And there's, and that's so, another thing is people need to understand what they're legally allowed to do in certain States. So one of the biggest things is when you go traveling through these States and you are an individual that believes in, and believes in personal protection and stuff like that, understanding what you can and can't do going through certain States. Um, yeah. Totally. And yeah, I mean, Arizona is a perfect example. You, you, it's, you can carry concealed. I mean, it's not, you don't need a permit for that. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people don't know that Nevada too. Nevada, you can be rolling with a Glock in your uh, cup holder. It's not illegal, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. Understanding, you know, what you what you're you can and are allowed to do, and also having the mindset and and skill set to be able to react to those situations. Yeah, I mean, and. We have people like Fieldcraft uh, helping us. Do that. <laughs> Mike's actually, I was just, I was just talking to him. Mike's doing his, uh, his, I like, I like to say it's like a manly trip, but he's doing a self-sustained trip from Arizona all the way, essentially the Arizona border all the way up to uh, the Canadian border. Um, and basically uh, people, we're not going to call it an overland trip, but it's technically what he's doing. He's going overland, but uh, he basically, 
is in his Dodge Ram diesel. He outfitted it yeah. to live out of, and it's it's up right now, or it's going to be done by the time people hear this. But um, basically, he has to. He has carried enough food, enough water, uh, and enough fuel to get him, as he's ca- calculated to get him all the way to the Canadian border. And wow. basically what he's doing is the goal behind this is to show people how to, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too. I get wrapped up and I got wrapped up, especially with a foreigner build and just cool products that did I really need them? Probably not. Yeah. I ever use them. Some of them I didn't. And that's just the truth. And so um, that's where this trip. And then also my mindset behind the Tundra is building a vehicle, a capable everyday rig that can literally do anything you needed to. If shit, if shit hits the fan, I don't really like using that term, but it, you know, it can, whether it be man-made or natural disaster, uh, you have yeah. the ability within your rig to sustain yourself, uh, whether that be 24 hours, 48 hours, it doesn't matter. You know, you have the, uh, tools and the, and the training, uh, behind it, how to use those tools to, uh, sustain yourself, uh, X amount of time. So that's, he's doing that right now. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's him and his two dogs. And, uh, he, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's definitely pretty yeah. cool. See, this is the, this is the kind of stuff I was uh, saying. got to document that shit. I know but. he, yeah, he, he, yeah, he, uh, he is doing like IG lives and stuff like that. Doing the yeah, best. Yeah. And this is kind of, I would more look at it as a initial testing. Um, yeah. And a proof of concept. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, even just when we were discussing it, um, you know, it, it, it bears so much truth in what we do especially in the overland community, you know, a lot of, uh, gosh, uh, overland off-road community uh, overland is just becoming such a big term. And I, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a hard, so, it's a, it's a word that no one wants to touch on exactly, but like, well, they don't want to touch on it because the definition changes depending on who you're talking yeah, to. So, exactly, and people are very exactly. protective of that term. So, um, yeah. yeah, so he's on that trip. If it, if it, you know, it's gaining a lot of momentum, a lot of people are following the story. So who knows, maybe, uh, you know, the next one we go on, we'll have to bring some dude named roaming lost on, uh, to document yeah. that, but, uh, I'll, I'll be right behind you with, right. the, with the Montero. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, we also have a very large booth at Expo West, uh, this year, uh, which yeah. is super exciting. And we may, we are working with a company, uh, out of Australia to do a, uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to say it's going to be there. It's not going to be there, but we're essentially building a six by six uh, Tundra. Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can go see a picture um, on our page. It's pretty, uh, pretty wild. I saw that. Yeah. That thing was crazy. Um, Yeah. I think, uh, I think that'll be an event to remember this year is Overland Expo West. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting on confirmation, but truck my truck will be will be in a booth um uh, one of two i'm not sure which one yet but waiting on confirmation and we'll see how that goes but um that'll be a that'll be a good time a lot of a lot of new companies there well yeah i think i think that's a good thing i i think well a lot of people people who aren't involved with the company don't understand it is very hard to get in as a company to expo west because a lot of people are in the industry and yeah uh, so for like new brands like Fieldcraft, it was, it was pretty hard for us to even get uh, a booth, but we got a prime, a prime booth and a prime location. And, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely growing. And I think, I think the biggest thing for the community is that, uh, and I see it, you know, I see people wanting to have the understanding of, of the skills that Fieldcraft has, but they don't know how to go about it. And so having the platform at Expo West to very, to, to basically bring it down a level so people can understand, like people look at Fieldcraft and the stuff they do and they're like, oh, those guys are a bunch of gun guys and super tactical yeah. and all that. And the truth is, I mean, in some, in some of our guys past, yeah, that's what they do. And we still train uh, in firearms and stuff like that. But the truth is that's not our primary presence, our primary presence is educating the public and being involved in our communities. And so there's a good way to go uh, through Expo West to connect with those people who otherwise wouldn't look at us twice. Yeah. I mean, um, I think, yeah, that's like, that's, that's great. It's like the giving it to someone that's, uh, 
I guess, you know, regular person to put it in their reach is, is amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and it's exciting. I mean, a lot of people, um, I mean, I've been wanting to do those classes. So, well, you are welcome to join any time. No, yeah. and, And that's on me for not making the time just yet, but yeah, I mean, I, I have firearms and I, I know how to use them, but it's a, it's there's it, you'll you never know everything right i mean i for sure don't know it like everything so it's uh just practice and learning as much as i possibly can in that realm because you know you, you never know when it might help exactly uh, and i th- i think the biggest thing is like people the amount of detail and insight that people go into their vehicles like when they're yeah. researching a product and stuff like that, they should do the same with medical. They should do, if they carry a firearm, they should yeah. do that with, with training. You know, the biggest thing with medical and firearms industry, the firearm industry changes every day. Medical industry changes pre- pretty uh, quickly. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I'm very heavy on medical. I've got PCCC, I've got, which is tactical combat casualty care. It's pre-hospital trauma life support. I've got a slew of medical courses, but I'm always finding ways to improve on those. And it's the same thing with Fieldcraft. Like I not only help instruct some of these courses, I'm also a person that takes these courses. I, I will go to a course myself and just go through the course. And that's alongside everyone else uh, because there's nothing, there's never a time to not be learning something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always something to learn always. I'm learning anything. how to take pictures <laughs> with you. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't, and I for sure don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not you only do it for a living you have no idea what you're doing um but but yeah i mean you can say that you can say it for anything there's always something to learn and and whatnot so i mean it's 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 just cool to to put in someone's in someone's reach and and you guys are doing it in a not just in one location so you're like bouncing around so it doesn't like exclude anyone and it's 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 rad. It's rad to see. Yeah, we're trying. Tundra doesn't like all the all the driving. I mean, it's got a big old tank, but it's it's uh, yeah. starting to become a little tad heavy. And that you know, even that, that's something I'm looking into when I'm building this truck. Is is Tundras are a very small uh, market in terms yeah. of because a lot of people look at it as oh, it's a big truck, you can't do it. Man, I saw. Uh, I don't know if you follow him, Spartan. Uh, he's don't. on like he so he's got a big old tundra he's doing a lot of custom fab stuff on uh, on the bed right now making his own bed and stuff like that but he took he went down black bear pass for the i mean a lot of people probably know about black bear pass but it's not an easy trail especially for For large vehicles and he went down there on 40s so wow it's it's not that they're not it is obviously a little bit more of planning and preparation in terms of where i go with my truck but the truth is if if it can fit i'm gonna make it fit and yeah, totally. uh, it's just such an amazing i mean so much room in that truck and i'm super happy with how this build is is uh coming along uh with all the thanks to uh you know the people who are helping me out with it yeah totally i think it's it full the full size segment is is growing it's growing quite fast since tacoma's come out of the showroom needing regearing and all that stuff automatically so and that and that little yeah little four banger but yeah but um but yeah i mean it's it that's i mean it's something different and exactly why i picked a montero and you know just it can be done with like most cars you don't you don't need a you don't need the usual forerunner tacoma to to do what we're doing or yeah whatever you want to do well yeah and that's Uh, where that's one of the things we talk about a lot is you know we have created a community of individuals who think they need to go buy that you know especially in california there's a markup on forerunners so you're paying top dollar and sometimes an increase in in dollar amount for these things you know when the truth is and then they're diving in credit card debt you know fortunately you know i i save up for items and i'll buy them when i have the money to so i'm not racking up debt but it's yeah it's it's one of those things where like you can you can get a very capable vehicle within your budget to do what you need to do you know that's one thing i did with my foreigner i built that thing up so quick that i didn't even use a lot of the stuff that was on it because either a i'm always working uh, whether that be with my normal job or through field craft or through consultation with companies in the off-road and, and clothing industry. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's, I, I don't have a lot of free time. And when I do, it's not a lot of time where I get to play around with all the, the cool stuff that I have. So it's, yeah. it's, it's relaying that message to people that you can get a lot done without spending your entire savings on it. Yeah, totally. My truck was 1200 bucks. See, <laughs> and guess so, what? And it's, I, and it's the baddest Montero out there. I mean, it's okay. I think it's the only Montero out there. I mean, there's there's a couple. It's there's a you have to gone, send them to me. Gone dirt and they they were my inspiration actually to get a Montero. Um, they do cool shit. Um, what is it? What's the page? Gone dirt and like G O N D R T N. I think it is. Okay. But oh, yeah, uh, they got a white one. Yeah, that thing's clean. Yeah, and they and they they do great stuff. They're they're uh, a couple that does photo and video and whatever you know. They do cool stuff and uh, inspired me to do one with, you know, do Montero because it was so affordable and didn't, I honestly just didn't have money for a expensive ass truck, you know? Well, so. I see. I, I will say this. They're, they do have a really clean build, but I like the color of yours better. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I hate blue. Like it's my least <laughs> As I'm wearing blue, you should have given me the heads up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. We're, we're I just had a meeting with um, a buddy that might help me change the look of it, uh, depending on some factors, and I can't say much more than that. But it's going to be. Can I can I ask really cool. can I ask if the buddy is mutual? No, it's not. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh yeah or I don't know maybe you know but um we'll leave but it yeah, at that I mean yeah yeah uh but it should be cool everything right now for the I don't know how many more months three months whatever to Overland Expo it's all it's all uh for that so um yeah just trying to figure things out uh do a little. <laughs> Uh, rapage maybe a little bit or something. I don't know. We're just trying to change things up so we can make it look cool for the, for the show. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, it's, it's funny because uh, you know, of all the meme accounts out there, you know, a lot of people bet, you know, they can get on people taking pictures of their trucks, but the truth is, yeah. you know, that's, that is my <laughs> hobby. That's my project. That is what I spend a lot of free time on. And I like to, you know, uh, share my hard work, uh, and share the hard work of individuals that help make it happen. And, you know, also share the experiences with, with people like you and, you know, Fieldcraft and OC Overland and all them is, is, you know, it it is a community. And that's the one thing I love about, uh, the OC Overland is doing is that they're not, they're not blocking anyone out. They're bringing everyone together. And, you know, Unfortunately, in a community of internet warriors, that tends to gain a lot of traction and a lot of uh, ammunition for people to, you know, play with. So, yeah. um, you know, for anyone that's not following your or following OC Overland's uh, page or your followers, you know, please do. They are seriously uh, the epitome of commu- giving back to a community. And uh, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So we need more like yeah. that. They're totally, they're doing great. And I think, um, I think there's only room for that. It's not, there's too much, uh, negative stuff out there. There's no need for more. We like so. to call it elitism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I mean, we're running on an hour here. Wow. Um, any last words? Any, um, uh, any 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 advice for the, the youngins or whoever youngins um let's see that well one mean, for, that for sure mean you're old <laughs> i am i feel like it man um uh well, i guess i guess one the biggest thing is thanks to you you know for bringing me onto this podcast i always love doing these um yeah, I, I don't do them as often but uh yeah, they're, they're a blast. And, and, and also, you know, I don't, I, I, I plug certain people and certain people have picked that up along this podcast as I've plugged a lot of people. But the truth is the reason I plug people is I believe in what they're doing. I believe in either the products they're selling. Uh, but a lot of it is, you know, I, I make, I make relationships throughout the industry 
based off what the people believe in, what the people stand for and who they are as people. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm at with a lot of these communities without Fieldcraft. Um, and, uh, with the support of some heavy people with my truck, uh, have to do some shameless plugs. I apologize. Um, but, um, definitely some really big people that have helped me out is, is Leitner and Falcon tire and icon vehicle dynamics, uh, icon alloys, rigid industries, Warren factor 55. Yeah, I can, it's a long list and I'm super for those who are or work or part of any of those communities. Uh, if I missed you, I apologize, but, um, I don't want to take up too much time doing it, but they can, uh, they can all check out all the information on Instagram, Travis underscore team field craft. Yeah, I'm, I don't know and if I, I, I was offered to change that. I, I was told I can change it, but I don't know if I want to because I think I'm the only one left with it. And uh, okay, I think me just putting my uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a unique unique thing, I guess. But um, yeah, well, yeah. For now, they can they can go there and and check it out. But um, they get all the information on your truck. They absolutely I so many, can. I get so many questions on my truck. I'm like, well, well you definitely probably do more than I because yours is such a unique build that, uh, you know, I just got a Tundra. So you can yeah, yeah. every so Tundras, they're new to the game, though. So people they're are new to the game. They're new to the game. But uh, advice wise, I don't know. Uh, I think people need to um, start loving thy neighbor more, regardless of political affiliation. I think people need to have the ability to have a communication with a person in the person and not over the internet. If you have an issue, I think people need to uh, wake up and see the beautiful place that they live in. Uh, It's one of a kind. Um, And also keep in mind that you can always improve yourself. You can always be better than the day you were yesterday, as cliche as that sounds uh, in, in any aspect of your life. Um, you just have to set your mind to it and uh, continue to better it. I, I used some, I did some like weird video yesterday where I was going to post it, but I decided not to. But basically I, I compared uh, how you live your life to how you do your job. So like, okay. uh, you know, in any job position, you always want to get that promotion. You always want to make the most money, right? So you, you improve your ability, your abilities at work to get to that next point. You should look at your life the same way. You know, you should always look at the ability to better improve your health or better improve a skill set. You know, nothing is ever, uh, the end. You can always continue embedding your, bettering yourself in every aspect. Totally. Very inspiring. I'm going to go do some pushups. Yeah, I have to. I'm actually going to be going to the gym after this. I got back into it and I can't even move now. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do any push-ups. I'll do. I'll do some for you. And I'm there just kidding. Go. I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time. I mean, of course, bro. Anything for we'll, you? We'll 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 chat soon. Um, and maybe do one in a you know a couple months. I, I want to get people back on because I think it'd be cool to like catch up with them and be like, all right, well, this was our last talk. This is you know what's going on now. Yeah, where are they now? Essentially, yeah, where uh, are they now? Where are they now? So, it would be I, what I would really like to do is get Mike Glover. Hey, Mike, come on this podcast, bro. Yeah, um, I would love to have Mike on here. He he fucking. He'd do a great job. He can talk way better than I. So uh, he can. Yeah, he makes me look like a second grader. Uh, yeah, I was going to use adjectives. I probably shouldn't. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, I can. He, he actually had me on the Instagram the other day, so I will Ooh. send him a message or whatever. So I'll send him a message, uh, too, while he's surviving on this road trip. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, cool. Well, we'll 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 talk soon. Definitely, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Later. Bye. All right. If you made it this far, awesome. You rule. You're a hero. I love you. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to put in a quick note. If you like, subscribe, rate, all that stuff, it helps me out 
greatly. Um, really trying to get this thing going and uh, with more uh, encouragement and power behind it, uh, it gets me gets me motivated to keep on pushing these out. So uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the on the next one. They're coming up.